I was, I was fine until just a minute ago when I, got, I was getting ready to walk on stage and one of my friends who's been here since day zero, when I say day zero, I mean like, days, like we didn't have a church. She was like, do you ever think we'd be here? And I was like, <laughs> so if I'm trying to compose myself. Um, if you're a parent in this room, uh, undoubtedly you have read a book or two to your children, correct? Parents, we read to our kids. And, and if you're a parent, your kid most likely went through that season or they're in that season where they want to hear that one book every freaking night. It's that, it's that one book. And you're like, can we read it? No, 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 I want that book. And it's, uh, if you, you know, if you give a mouse a cookie or a good night moon or where the sidewalk ends or all the, you know, it's just, there's all these books and, and you, you have memorized this book. You can recite it from memory. But it gives us a snapshot of kind of what we're all like because all of us love a good story. All of us, we, we are captivated by a good story. And, and we'll, we'll laugh at our kids for wanting to hear the same book, but how many of us have seen our favorite movie more than once? More than once. Yeah, 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 okay. Like, like for me, I'm a Star Wars fan. I love Star Wars. And so I've seen episode four um, uh, the original Star Wars at least 100 times. No, no lie. Uh, love Braveheart, uh, Gladiator, um, 8 Mile. Uh, <laughs> you can't say that in a lot of churches. You can say it in here. Um, I, uh, I love, I, I've seen all the Harry Potter movies twice. Um, I've seen Titanic at least four times because I keep showing people there was room on the door. There's room on the door. She dropped him like a bad habit. Anyway, I... We are captivated by good stories. All of us love a good story. And that's what I love about the Bible. The Bible is a, is a story about how God loves and pursues us. It's from Genesis to Revelation, it's filled with stories. Jesus, when he showed up on the earth, he told stories, parables. In fact, people would get frustrated because they would ask him a question, and he would say, um, that, Jesus, what about this? And he would go, okay, once upon a time. There's like a mama bear and a papa bear. He didn't tell that one, but he would just tell stories. And people were, people were like, some people loved it and some people hated it. And some people didn't even know what he meant. Like the disciples, the Bible says the disciples didn't know what he was talking about. They were like, just nod, just nod. We'll ask him later. What did that mean? Um, and, and so the reason I bring all that up is because we're in the middle of a story. And, and what I really felt I was supposed to do today is just... Share the story of our church. Now, I'm going to go ahead and acknowledge that if you've, been, if you've been here a time or two, you've heard some of this story. You've heard me talk about this. But um, I'm, I'm just I'm trying to be environmentally safe, and I'm recycling some sermons, okay? So, I'm not, so we're recycling. It's, it's about as green as I get, okay? I, I believe in gas-powered engines. But, but we're going to recycle. I have a big truck. We're going to recycle this, uh, some stuff. And so if you've heard some of this, um, hopefully it's good and you'll lean in because I've never told it the way I'm about to tell it. Um, and let me set it up. Let me set it up by sharing with you something I wrote down. If you don't get anything I get say today, I want you to get this. This is, <laughs> this is my attempt to be a poet slash rapper <laughs> because I found out this week that Ben Shapiro rapped with Tom McDonald and I'm like, if Ben Shapiro can rap, I can rap too. Here we go. Jesus is good, Jesus is faithful, Jesus is great, Jesus is able. Now, 
This, when I wrote this down and kind of stared at it for a minute, that this is what I, first of all, first of all, can we all agree with this, that this is true? Yes. Now, here's the reason I love this. It's because we can agree on that right now. But one of the things I love about the scripture, one of, one of my favorite verses is Hebrews 13, 8, which says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, so if Jesus is all of those things today, he'll be that tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And if anybody on the planet can testify that Jesus is good, Jesus is faithful, Jesus is great, and Jesus is able, it's your boy. So let's talk about the story. Let's talk about this story of the church. And, and here's why I love this message so much. Why it matters to you as an individual. Because I'll say it. I'll go ahead and give away the punchline. Jesus didn't die on the cross to build big buildings. He did, it, he did it to build big people. So I figured I figured the best way to start is just to kind of ease right in. Let's start with something really light and easy and fun and easy to absorb. Instead of just jumping in the pool, we'll just kind of stick our toe in and see how it feels. So we'll just, we'll start with this. That was a great day. Not really. I, I, every once in a while, I'll run into people that tell me, hey, man, I, rem <laughs> I remember where I was when I heard that news. And I'm like, so do I. I mean, I was, remember where I was too. Thank you. Um, this was probably, no, let me back up. This was the most... Um, it's, it's the most hurtful season I've ever experienced in my life. I felt abandoned. I felt alone. I felt helpless. I felt worthless. And I felt like my life would never, I would never recover from this. How do you come back from something like this? How, what, what do you do? Like, I was angry. And let me be very clear. The person that I was the most angry with is me. One of the things about this situation, I've always accepted my responsibility. I've always told you I'm the one that poured the drinks. I'm always, I've been, I was angry at me for putting myself in that situation. And, and I've been very honest with you guys, and I've told, I've told the church on, on a couple of different occasions. The, my plan was to take my life. I had, I, I, it wasn't just something I was thinking about. I was, I was literally 24 hours away from actually pulling it off. Now, the reason I bring that up is to say that there's somebody in this room or somebody in overflow or somebody watching online. And right now, you're in the darkest season of your life. You have felt abandoned. You have felt betrayed. You feel alone. You've, you are full of shame and doubt, and you're wondering how in the world are you going to make it out of this pit that you're in? And, and I got some encouragement for you. 
I can, I can tell you what, I can, I can share with you a passage that spoke to me when I was in this season. And I hope it speaks to somebody today because you showed up. And listen, if, if, watch this, watch this. David wrote this in Psalm chapter 40, verse 1. He said, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. See, that's, that's the tough part, isn't it? Because I want to get better now. And God says, no, nah, it's a process. It's a, it's a process. And it doesn't happen in our time, but it happens in God's time. And God's time is always the right time. And so, so David said, I waited for the Lord to help me. And he turned to me, watch this, watch this, and heard my cry. Isn't that good news? Because don't you, does anybody feel like sometimes you're just praying and it hits the ceiling and bounces off? Or, or if there is a God, he's not listening to me because I didn't use the right formula. But David said, no, he heard me. And I, here's what I want you to know. God has heard your prayer. God has heard your cry. God has, God has seen that. And this is, I love what he says next. He said, oh my gosh, this is so good. He lifted me out of the pit of despair. Now, here's what I know. Nobody wants to be here. Nobody said, man, today, today, man, I want to blow up my life and wind up in a pit of despair. Nobody's ever said that. But many of us have been there. Am I correct? And so, and oh my gosh. I, I was listening to a podcast the other day and I wanted to go through my phone and ring the podcaster's neck. I'm not going to say who it was. I might at five. I'm super unfiltered. But like, because this is what he said. He said, true Christians don't experience despair. I was like, you suck. Anyway, I was, mm. I'm like, well, the Bible said that David was a man after God's own heart. Now, if I asked the people that knew me best to write a sentence description of me, that wouldn't be it. Perry, a man after God's own heart. Nope, nope, nobody would say, nobody would say that. But David said he lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground, watch this, and steadied me as I walked along. In other words, David was like, I had to learn how to walk again. I was in that pit for so long, and that's what's awesome. When God brings you out of the pit, he doesn't abandon you. He will stay with you until you learn how to walk again. And then watch this. This is what I love. This is what I love. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. I love that. New song. God gave me something brand new. This is people, will, if you've ever gone through a tough time, and people have said this to you because they said this to me, you know, you know, Pastor P, you'll never have it as good as you used to have it. And I used to want to punch people in the throat. <laughs> I still do, but I don't. I have a comeback. I was like, you're right. It can never be as good as it once was. It can be better. <laughs> and I, I'm here to tell somebody, hey, I'm here to tell somebody that's true for you. It can't be as good as it once was, but it can be better. So, so I, went to, I went to rehab, and uh, that was fun. If you've ever been, you, you know how much fun that is. Fun is in air quotes. It was horrible. But I, I graduated and came back to Anderson, South Carolina, and um, 
Not a lot of job opportunities for a pastor that got fired in Anderson, South Carolina. I've been doing ministry. I didn't know what to do, so I just started a business. I didn't know. I started a business. I start, it's called The Growth Company, and uh, I started coaching. Um, <laughs> I, not a life coach. Not a, somebody, I had a dude talk to me the other day. I said, what's your plan for your life? He said, I want to be a life coach. I'm like, you're 22. You're 22 freaking years old. What are you going to do? Teach us how to... <sighs> so I wasn't a life coach. I was like a leadership coach, a business coach. I would, I would coach you know, like church leaders and business leaders, and I got to get on airplanes and travel, and that was horrible because I'm 6'6", six, six, and I sit on airplanes like this right here. And so, and it, it, was, I, it was cool for about three months, but let me tell you what God was doing. God kept saying to me, you need to start a church. You need to start another church. You need to start another church. And I don't know if you've ever told God no, but I was like, uh-uh, nope, nope, not going to do it, God. God, did you see what happened the, the last time? And you want me to work with your people? Because they make you drink, God. <laughs> and God said, why do you think I had Jesus turn water into wine for the first miracle? I said, point taken. All right. So anyway, I, I, he, that, I made that part up. But he was... He was working on me. And here's what I know about the Lord. When he has a plan for our life, he ruthlessly pursues it. He's, see, some people think that God pursues us because he wants to judge us and hurt us. Listen, if God wanted to hurt one of us, we would be hurt right now. God is ruthlessly pursuing us with his love and his grace and his mercy and his plan for our lives that is so much better than our plans for our lives. And so, so God is, needs to start a church. And this is what I was like. I was like, I'm not telling anybody. I didn't speak about it. People would say it. Hey, if you ever decide to start another, I'm not starting another church. Nope, nope, not doing it, not doing it. And this is what I told God. Be careful with stuff like this. I said, God, if you want me to start another church, I just need for you to make it obvious. And that was in December. Didn't hear anything in January. Didn't hear anything in February, March. April, I fly to the UK. This is taken in England. Um, and this is our friends Gary and Heather Snozel. Many of you have seen Gary and Heather. Um, they actually have been incredible friends to me through this whole thing. Have stood by my side. And, uh, and they are just great people. And they invited me over to do a leadership event at their church. And so I went over and did this leadership event. It was fun. And uh, I remember coming out of the restroom and, and Gary, Pastor Gary, he was like, hey, can you, can you step in this room for just a second and meet with, and it was him and his leadership team. And I thought, yeah, because I'm, I'm Coach Perry. That's what I do. I'm about to do some coaching up in here. Coach, coach the, you know, cheerio. <laughs> like, I'm going to. So we stepped in the room, we sat down and they stared at me and they said, um, this one guy named Chris, he looked at me and he said, God's been dealing with you about starting another church, hasn't he? <laughs> really? I was like, I mean, maybe, I don't know. He's kind of, he was like, no, 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 it's happening. He said, you need to do it. And all the other guys in the room, listen, 
Sometimes God has to speak to us through other people because we can't hear him, either because we're shut down or shut off. Now, on the flip side, you got to be careful because that, that person's always running around going, I got a word, I got a word, I got a word, I got a word, I got a word too. You're weird. Stop it. All right? I, I'm just saying that, but there are some people in my life who love Jesus. Listen, here's the people you need to listen to. The people that love Jesus and love you but have no agenda for you. In other words, if, if you do what they're telling you to do and, and they benefit, that's not love. That's manipulation. Different message, different time. So they're telling me, you need to start a church and you start. I was like, all right, fine, I'll do it. I, yeah, I'll, do it. I'll, I'll do it when I pray about it. When a Christian says, I'll pray about it, it means not really. But I said, I'm going to pray about it. And then Chris, Chris leaned in and he said, and here's how you need to do it. Start it online only. I said, what? He said, yeah. He said, just put it online. Think about it. No buildings, no electricity bill, no anything. Just start it online. And I literally, I literally thought, man, yeah. And in my mind, I'm thinking, that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard in my life. That'll never work. So I left the UK, came home, and uh, that was April. And then May and June, got, I mean, when I tell you, I, I felt like I was going to just explode if I didn't say yes and do this. So I told the Lord, I said, God, if you'll give me a name for the church, it'd be a great start. And I was on Clemson Boulevard. I told the story. I was driving that way. I was like right out here. And God spoke to me and said, second chance. Second chance church. I was like, that is awesome. I didn't come up with that. And, and by the way, we put second chance on the side. People have, I've had people come in the first time and say, I didn't come here for the longest. I thought y'all were a clothing store. <laughs> we kind of are. You're getting some clothes today. Um, <laughs> we've had people mess it up. I had a salesman reach out one time and said, I'm really excited about what's happening at Secondhand Church. <laughs> I said, I'm really excited about not buying your product, sir, because you can't get the freaking name right. Um, I actually did say that to him. But they, 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 they taught, I mean, I just, it was that thing. And so I pulled, I pulled around and I got in this parking lot and I stared at this building. I said, God, it, if, if, I, if I take this step, it'd be really awesome to have that space one day. I only told two or three other people about it. Reached out to our friends at Elevation. They created a logo for us. And a website. So I had a logo and a website and did, I, I was just, I don't know what to do. How do you launch a church online? And here's what you need to know. Anytime you take a step in the direction that God wants you to take, the naysayers are always going to come out. So I got, on a, I got a Google alert on my phone. I used to have this set up. I, I don't have it anymore. I got a Google alert on my phone that Christianity Today had done an article on me. I was like, oh, wow, what'd they say? Too soon? And I got to be honest, that messed with me. That messed with me. Until I realized that eternity is really long and hell's really hot and life is too short to let your life be controlled by people that don't even know you. 
kind of started looking at her last name, and I thought, <laughs> man. <laughs> I just call it like I see it, y'all. I just... I heard, I heard things like, you're unqualified, and here's the thing. I've always been unqualified. I've never, I've never thought I should be able to do stuff like this. And so, as, quote, luck would have it, I wound up going back to London in November. And I snapped this picture as I was getting ready to land in London, uh, my airplane window, and I, thought, I was thinking, I wonder who's going to come pick me up, because Gary and Heather told me somebody will come pick me up at the airport. It was... Mr. Started Online. <laughs> I remember walking off the airplane, having my luggage, and there he was. I was like, oh, crap. And I thought, maybe he won't bring it up, and he didn't until we got in the car for the two-and-a-half-hour car ride to Harryford, and he was like, well, when are we going to do this? And I was like, when are we going to do what? And uh, he told me, he's like, man, you just got, he said, you just got to do it. So in December of 2017, that's where second chances, when I tell y'all we started with nothing, I didn't even own this living room. This is a friend's house that was letting me stay there. I, I propped the, the, the camera, which was the iPhone 7, up right here. I did a Facebook Live, and, um, and it was awkward. And afterwards, I blocked close to 200 people. Because here's the deal, life is too short to let people that don't know you control what you do. So it was like, it's like time to grow. And I started praying, God, help us to grow. So we had some offices, we were in some office space downtown, and this was our first sanctuary. Um, this, these 15 chairs, Miss Wanda bought these 15 chairs, and this, that was our first committee meeting because she called me from Sam's, um, and she said, I'm at Sam's, and they have chairs on sale with pads. I said, get them. <laughs> and that was our first committee meeting. That was the chair committee, and she brought them by the church. <laughs> and I took this picture on a Sunday, and the reason I took this picture is because, um, oh, God, when I took this picture, I had no idea, but I showed up that morning, and I swept the floors, and I mopped the floors, and I set up the chairs, and I was just, um, this is, and we had like 12 to 15 people showing up. And listen, the reason we had 12 to 15 people show up is because I wouldn't let anybody else come. Because I was scared. I was feel, filled with fear and doubt and insecurity. I didn't know if this was going to work. And there's some people here today, I know what it's like to let fear consume you. But God, my prayer for you today as I look back, is, is that God would allow faith to replace that fear because I, I just, I remember that and thinking, well, God, I'm cool if this is it. For all of y'all that are into production, this was our production rig. This was what we had. This is our production. That's the only piece of thing. I bought it on Amazon. Um, and I don't need, I think we stole that music stand. Uh, <laughs> we're second chance. What, what are you going to do? Um, and, and, and that's me preaching to the group of like 15 people, and, uh, and we started small. Now, this is why I bring that up. There are some people in this room, there's some people in Overflow, maybe you have taken a step recently in the right direction. Maybe this is your second or third week at church in a row. Maybe you've decided to 
read your Bible um, more this year. Maybe, maybe you've taken a step and asked for help. Maybe you've confessed a sin. Maybe you've taken a step and you're not where you want to be, but you're not where you were. And the enemy always wants to hit us with, well, you still got a long way to go. But the Bible says in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 10, do not despise these small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin in all of us. That's what I love standing in our first timers area because I met a guy after the last service that's been clean for 22 years. And I love hearing those stories. But three weeks ago, I was back there and a lady came in and she's weeping and she's like, I'm trying to get clean. I'm trying to get clean. I said, ma'am, I said, when's the last time you used? She said, I've been clean for 48 hours. And right there, I was like, that is awesome. 48 hours. I said, that's two days. I know I went to public school, but even I could figure that out. That's two days. And you, go, you know what? If you can do two days, you can do two weeks. And you got to do two days before you do two weeks. And two weeks becomes before two months. And two months because, listen, you are on your way to being clean. One of the things... One of the things that we've got to do as a church is when somebody takes a step forward, we got to celebrate it. I've been in church services before where somebody goes down and gets baptized and somebody goes, we'll see how long this lasts. Well, thank you, Judas, for being so. <clears throat> so we're, we're meeting downtown. We're at the place where I wouldn't let anybody show up. And I, I told the Lord, I said, God, if you want us to meet somewhere, make it clear. And so... So this building right here became available. It was, uh, it was, it was a church. A, a friend of mine, Pastor Lenny Gaines, was pastoring it, and they were moving. He said, are you interested in leasing this building? I said, no, no, I'm not interested because we're supposed to be in another building. And I still wasn't sure, and I told God, I said, God, if we're supposed to be there, I need you to make it clear. And so for three days in a row, I got emails about this building. <laughs> so I was like, okay. Um, and so we got in there, and we, it, it, had, it had been used pretty good. So we got a construction company to come in, and we had enough money to complete about two-thirds of the work, but we needed $250,000 to complete the rest of the work. And, uh, and we wanted to go in, like not borrowing any money. So we did a campaign. We're creative here at Second Chance. We called it, um, we need $250,000. <laughs> Some of y'all remember this. Here's what's crazy. When, when we did this campaign, we only had an online audience. And within in less than two months, we raised $250,000 plus. And we were able to pay cash for all the work to, for that building. Which is now a liquor store. Cole and I feel like we should shoot a video there one day. <laughs> totally unscripted. We'll probably get arrested or thrown out, but hey, the second chance. We get a sermon illustration out of it. Now, when we got in there, it needed some work. It was, it was a little, we had to do a little work. But slowly but surely, as we began to work, put things together, it came together. It was a process. God took a, a building that had been used and made it into something beautiful. How many attended a, at least one service in this? Y'all, half y'all line. Um, I just, I'm just kidding. Um, 
people, people would pop in. Cause, listen, if you were skeptical, I don't know if this is going to work. Guess what? So was I. But the thing I want you to walk away with is, isn't it amazing the transformation that God brought about in that building? And if that's what he did for something that wasn't created in his image, just think about the transformation he wants to do in each one of us that are created in his image. Because Jesus didn't die to fix up buildings. He died to fix up broken people. So January, five years ago, we moved in, and I didn't know if anybody was going to show up. I really didn't. So um, they did. And it was awesome. I, I cried and preached and cried and preached and cried and preached. And, 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 and then we, we started outgrowing the building. Two services, three services. And, and then this building right here, the one we're in right now. The owner of it, because it had been sold. Because I called and asked about the building and they told me how much it was. <laughs> I like shadookied myself. And then <laughs> I just, I just, I don't... It's not a cuss word. I just may. Um, we couldn't afford it. And, but, the, but the owner, the guy called me, and he's like, hey, can we go to lunch? Um, and I was like, are, are you buying? And he's like, yeah. I said, I'm in. So we went, and we sat down, and he said, are you interested in leasing? He said, here's the deal. He said, the building's like 43,000 square feet. He said, I'm only using 13,000 square feet. He said, I got 30,000 square feet for lease. Are you interested? I said, does a, does a bear take a dump in the woods? Like, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely interested. I didn't tell him that I had a plan. I had the plans drawn up for a 30,000-foot auditorium, the one we're sitting in right now. I already had the plans for it. And I just was like, God, what is happening? This is going to, what is happening? And then, and then all of us, listen, you don't even have to be a Christian for this to be true. All of us experienced that thing that we look back out. We, we experienced. We experienced the COVID. Now I remember when they first started talking about this. I mean, like many of you, I was freaking out. There are gonna be zombies, people walking dead. Like it's just, it's just gonna be crazy. And we had to we had to shut down the church. I remember going to Publix, and then, you remember the arrows. That's where I drew the line. I was like, I am, I, the peanut butter is right there. I am not walking around. I'm going to get that peanut butter. And if I die, I die. You know? Walked into Waffle House and they got shower curtains between the, I'm like, what the actual, okay, I'm not going to tell you what I said, but I did say it. I'm just saying this right here, this right here, it, it affected all, it messed with all their minds. And now we're realizing they were just making crap up. An article came out last week. Did you see it? The whole six feet thing? They just made it up. I, this is how I think. Somebody was in a meeting and they went, hold on, let me pull something right out of here. Six feet. You won't get that image out of your mind, will you? I, but you know what this did for me? You know what this did for me? 
After we were shut down for 12 weeks, I was like, we're going to open back up. Because you know what this did? This, this reminded me that when things like ha- this happen in the world, the church should not shut its doors. We should open our doors. We should stand up. We should be loud. Because, because God is great and God is faithful and God is good and God is able even when COVID happens. And, and for the person in the room that you feel like, you got something breaking out in your life, and it, not, it might not be COVID, but it's something bad and something horrible is happening to you. One of the things I have to do over and over again is go back to Isaiah 54, verse 17, that says, but in that coming day, no weapon turned against you will succeed. Notice something. It doesn't say that the weapon won't be formed. It said the weapon will not succeed. So in Christ, addiction cannot succeed. Depression cannot succeed. Anxiety cannot succeed. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen? And so, so I am like so pumped up. So we're getting ready to get in this building. And I was like, time to go to the banks and say, we are ready. We had, we had P&L statements. We had everything. And then, and then, well, honestly, it reminded me of my middle school dating life. Nope, 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 nope. Heck no. I mean, I just, it was. Banks typically don't loan money on an upfit. And I called a consultant, like, a, like one of the best in the business as far as church world. And she, she, this is what she told me. I never will forget this. She said, Perry, with your past, banks will not touch your church. And I hung the phone up that day. And I went to my apartment. And I wept. Isn't it funny how when you're trying to move forward, that the enemy will always put your past in front of you so you can't focus on the future? There are people in this room right now, you're fighting with your past. You're fighting with your past. And this is what I want, this is what I have to go, I have to go to God's word that says, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. So, so a, a person in, in, that lives in the area that did not attend this church and I had never met before, reached out through a mutual friend and said, I'd like to talk to you about the situation. I heard about your situation. I was like, maybe he knows somebody. He said, you want to go to lunch? I said, you buy? Because I can't even get along. I mean, so, so we went to lunch and we had a conversation and he said, well, what's your financial situation? I said, well, I said, we got a half a million saved up. And I said, um, I'm pretty sure we can raise another half a million by December. I said, but we're about a million short. He said, what if I just took care of that and you pay me back when you could? And I, I was looking around for cameras because I thought this is a joke. I was like, well, I guess, you know, get your attorney. And my attorney, he said, nope. Stuck out his hand. And we shook hands. And I walked away going, we got to raise a half a million dollars. <laughs> so we did, we did a campaign. Some of you remember this. We need $500,000 by Christmas. Y'all remember that campaign? <laughs> we did it. 
And, and we raised it because, because we started construction on this building. This, it needed, this building, y'all, it, this building needed some help because it was a bilo, but before it was a bilo, it was a Walmart. And because it was a Walmart, you know, demons were everywhere. So we had to get all the Walmart demons out. <laughs> we're kind of constructing it, constructing it and building it up. And it took a minute. Now, let me, let me pause real quick because this is personal to me, but right about here. Y'all ready this time, aren't you? Yeah, I threw the production team off last time. I didn't tell them I was going to come over here, and I was standing in the dark. I told them not to worry about it. And then the Shekinah glory hit me, and I was just like, oh. And then I looked up, and it's one of our lights. But <laughs> this is a special spot to me. Some of y'all are like, why is this such a special spot? It's because... That happened, like right here. I I had these shoes on, and I was like, had the ring down in my shoe, and I was nervous and sweating, and just, I was so, I was, and and she said yes, and when we, she said yes, man, we, we tied that knot. I was like, I am not letting her get away. I want to pause real quick and talk to my friends in the room watching online that you've gone through a divorce. And it sucks. I've had people come to me and say, Pastor P, I'm thinking about getting a divorce. And I always tell them, if there's any way to avoid it, please avoid it. I had a guy tell me one time, but you did it. I'm like, I also lost my job and went to rehab. You want to do that too? Like, because I, oh, you screwed up so I can screw up. That does not give you permission to screw up, sir. But if you've gone through a divorce and, and listen, oh, I probably need to do a whole message on this, but I'm just saying the church has been, we, we've, got our, we've got our sins that we, we pick on and we throw people out. I'm telling you, if you've been divorced and you feel like damaged goods, I completely understand. But there is a God of second chances. And second chance does not mean second class because that woman is first class. And I am blessed to have her in my life. And so... So, March 28, 2021, we moved in here. Uh, it, was, it was cool. It was awesome. And we've been here, and, and since we've been in this room, we filled it up. We're, tr- we're getting some stuff started in Greenville. We've got overflow room. I mean, it, like the growth has been, I didn't see this coming. I didn't see this coming. Some of y'all, tell them you're in church. <laughs> tell them we got a 5 o'clock service. They need to get here tonight. But it, it's just a reminder to me that when we started a church, I wanted to create an environment where people, all people, can experience the presence of Jesus every single week. Because this is something I know. When we get in the presence of Jesus, we can't stay the same. He will begin to change us in his time. And when we get in the presence of Jesus consistently, the question, doesn't, the question isn't how close can I get to sin. The question becomes how close can I get to Jesus. And when I say all people, I've had, I literally, 
heard in a restaurant one time, the people behind me, they just let anybody show up at Second Chance. And, and God wouldn't let me. But I want to turn around and go, that means you can come too. <laughs> this is, I know, I know that Jesus changed his lives here. And this is how I know. We've seen 973 people get baptized since we started the church. And since we started our church, we've seen 4,172 people receive Christ. Because at the end of the day, we believe that Jesus is good, Jesus is faithful, and Jesus is great, and Jesus is able. And if this is what he's done for a building, what does he want to do in your life? I want to show you, I want to show you something. I want you to see it with your own eyes. I want you to do me a favor today. If you have either prayed to receive Christ or been baptized, if you either prayed to receive Christ at second chance, you've prayed that prayer at the end of the service, or you've been baptized in this church, I want you to do me a favor. Would you just stand to your feet and remain standing for a second? Stand to your feet and just remain standing. Stand to your feet. Remain standing. Keep standing. Keep standing. Keep standing. Let's celebrate. Let's celebrate. This is why we do what we do. This is why we do what we do, because this matters. Thank you so much. You may be seated. Y'all, Jesus is at work in this place. But the thing I want, the thing I want more than anything else in the world is for you to be able to tell people Jesus is at work in this place. He's changing me. He's making me into a brand new person. He's changing my thoughts. He's changing my heart. He's changing my ways. Because I'll say it again. He didn't die on the cross to save buildings. He did it to save and change people. And in Christ, there is nothing that is impossible for us to face and walk through. So Jesus, I want to thank you today for who you are. I want to thank you for what you've done in this place. I want to thank you for every person that stood. I want to thank you for every person that will stand in the future. I want to thank you, God, that we got a, just a reminder today that you're not finished with us. As a church and as a people, God, and there are so many of us in this room God, that we just need to take that next step, even though, God, we're filled with fear. God, I pray that today you would replace that fear with faith, and God, you would cause the lion to come alive inside of us, and we would be so thankful because we know, because you've been faithful in the past, you'll be faithful in the future. How many people are thankful? for who God is and what Jesus has done. Y'all pray with me. Jesus, thank you so much for just the 
spirit of celebration that you have put in this house today and that you have put in so many of our lives. And right now with heads bowed and eyes closed, I want you to hear God will lift you out of the pit of despair and that no weapon formed against you will prosper. If you confess your sins, God will cleanse you from all your sins. They do not despise the day of small beginnings. And for some in this life, some in this room, you need to hear Jesus wants to take everything that's wrong in your life and make it right. He can turn the broken into brand new. And if you're here today and you've never prayed to receive Christ, well, then everything this world throws at you will overwhelm you. But in Christ, listen, asking Jesus in your life, yeah, you get to go to heaven. That's a, but that's like the retirement plan. We get to live an abundant life here on the earth, and that means we can overcome anything that the world or the enemy throws our way. So if you're here today and you want to pray to receive Christ, you know that's your next step. Hey, today, right now, let's do it. Right where you stand, I'm going to ask you if you want to pray to receive Christ. I'm going to lead you in a prayer, and I'm going to ask you to pray it with me. Repeat it back out loud, out loud. But not alone, because everybody in our Second Chance family, we're going to pray this with you in this room and in overflow. So you'll know you're stepping into a relationship with Jesus, supported by so many people. So Second Chance fam, let's pray it out loud so that those praying it for the first time will know they're supported. If you're here and you want to pray to receive Jesus, just say, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. I need you. I need you. I confess you as Lord. I confess you as Lord. And I believe that you died on the cross. I believe that you died on the cross. And rose from the grave. And rose from the grave. To pay for my sins. To pay for my sins. Come into my life. Come into my life. And take over. Take over. I surrender everything. I surrender everything. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Now right now, with heads still bowed and eyes still closed, I want you to do me a favor. If you just prayed that prayer before you leave today, I want to pray with you and I want to pray for you because you just made the best decision ever. So if you just prayed that prayer right now in this room and in overflow, would you do me a favor and just lift up your hand? Everybody else with their heads bowed like that. Thank you so much. That was quick. Thank you, sir. All over this room, all over overflow. You say, you can't see me, Pastor in overflow. We got people back there watching. Amen, ma'am. Amen. Keep them up. Keep them up. Keep them up. Keep them up. Keep them high. Keep them high. Jesus, I want to thank you for every single hand raised. Jesus, that you, you today, like every Sunday, we, God, you, you save people. And I pray that every person that received you would walk out of this place feeling a peace unlike anything they've ever experienced in their life. Father, I pray for those of us in this room, God, that feel broken and beat down and discouraged, that we would walk out of this place knowing, Jesus, that you still do miracles. And we are seeing one, we are living in one, and by your grace, we will be walking in one. Thank you for who you are and for what you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody agreed and said, Amen. Are you glad you came to church today? Y'all have a great week, and we'll see y'all back next Sunday.